boob hats. Boob pads. Boob hats. <laughs> no, wait. He he says boob pads. Oh, I thought no. He says no. He says boob hats. Really? Yeah. Which is another. Get thing. the script. This will be the next. <laughs> this will be the next um, sniffy. <laughs> I don't have a DP today, although they won't know the difference. Oh, what's the beverage of choice today? Oh, good old lime, lime LaCroix. It didn't give a little sizzle. The DP is not as bubbly as the DP. Yeah, that's true. It's that's just true. not as good. Um, yeah. So more Juno ailments. She just got oh, please, stung again on her wand. <laughs> Another bee? Yes, but it was a wasp because it was like stuck in her. I know. Oh. And then I had to like pull it out. I was like, ah. You had to pull the wasp out. Yeah, because it was like hanging on her chest because their stingers don't fall out or whatever. Well, wasps are just the worst. They I just know. sting you. They don't make any honey. But we were also on a walk and I was like, I don't have anything to grab. I don't, I'm not going to like just hand grab this wasp like a, I don't know, yeah, Spartan. Like a- <laughs> <laughs> so I like picked up a leaf and pulled it off of her and she was like, So second round of Benadryl. Also, she will be on Benadryl during this session. My friend um, Sarah Moore, shout out. Um, Oh, I know Sarah. You do. She was in her car with the windows down at a stoplight and a bee (gasps) flew into her car and stopped Yeah, she goes, it was like, it felt so personal. personal. Yeah, this wasp was definitely on a mission. It like came out of a bush and just like, and it was in the exact same spot mm-hmm. on our walk that she got stung Weird. last week. There must be like That's a really creepy. angry hive there. Yeah, I don't like that. How was your Monday? It's great. Um, Mal and I went to Guitar Center in the middle of the day and just bought a speaker system. Oh, I love that. So now we're joking that we're like moving in with our parents. We're like, we're starting a band in the basement. <laughs> I mean, the Von Trapps did it. It's true. Mom was like, there's going to be like some grungy kid that's like 15. It's like, hey, I'm here for the drummer audition. <laughs> oh my and gosh, she's like, like oh, downstairs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> but we went and we got, yeah, we got like a PA system and a speaker, something that we can do live, you know, because I mean, outdoor shows are going to be a thing for a while yeah. and also virtual, obviously. So we're just trying to step up our game, but I just feel bad. We've like totally taken over the basement with all of our shit, but they'll be okay. It's, it's fun. Yeah. Mom was like, I don't come down here. It's fun. And also I'm sure they'd rather their basement be filled with like their children's creativity than like exercise machines. That's true. And we still have room for our kettlebells and our weights. For our and- kettlebells. <laughs> yes. We're obsessed with the kettle, with kettlebell <laughs> workouts. They're awesome. I've never done it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I hadn't either. And then we found this great, I'll just plug her, uh, Body Fit by Amy Ooh. on YouTube. And my mom, my sister, and I all do it together. I love that. I know. My parents have great. gotten this, uh, like they've changed our game room into a exercise room. And they've gotten some like zero gravity um, elliptical thing Ooh. that they're obsessed with. Um, they both <laughs> go up there separately and and run, quote unquote, for like 
two and a half hours. Every time I call wow, my mom, she's like, hello. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but they're like really oh. fit. I'm, I'm proud of them. Yeah, when she's not training with Chase York, shout out. Oh my gosh, I forgot. Okay. I love that. Every time that she tells me about her Fitbit classes or whatever they're called, she's always like, do you remember Chase from Kids Who Care? I'm like, I know that he's your, we've, we've done this. Right, we've done this like <laughs> so many times. <laughs> he was a friend of the theater, of the theater days. I felt way better today because as you know, I don't rise early. I don't rise early. Yes, I would spend most Saturday mornings of my childhood in Monica's bedroom waiting for her to wake up. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> You're like, I, I went on a run. I did the laundry. <laughs> I, no, but I I was listening to Armchair Expert, another one of our favorite podcasts. Ooh, we love it. We love it. And Dax talks about how he wakes up at 8 a.m. Oh, yeah. And that's when I get up. I get up at like between 8 and 8.30. So I feel good. I think that I feel people good about who myself. wake up late are also productive people. Actually, dang, I just saw a Thank really you. good article about this that was like basically defending people that don't get up at 5 a.m. So I get up at 5 a.m. And so like by 10 a.m., I have usually like cleaned the house, run five or six miles, walked the dog, like done all of this stuff. But once right. it's 3 p.m., pretty much, I mean, I'd like to say five. I should say five because right, of right. job. But right. <laughs> By like 5 p.m., I am pretty much stoned on the couch and I go to bed at like 8. So it's the same day. It's just starts earlier and ends earlier. It's true. Yeah. And I, you know, during COVID, I actually, now that I have this podcast and we have all this equipment, I have more stuff to work on, but it was more like, I don't want to make the days any longer than they (laughs) Time really gets Which is kind of a sad way to live, but that's 2020. This is is true. This is true. I've seen memes of the quote from uh lord of the rings it's from fellowship and he's like time is getting thinner like butter scraped over too much bread and everyone's like oh i like that that's pretty much quarantine (laughs) (laughs) i so we decided to do a little fact check section at the beginning um to correct anything in the previous episodes and i'm sure we made more errors than this i just have two um the first one is not funny the second one is very funny the first one (laughs) Is that our, our, I realized our football team won that Southern Preparatory Conference Division Two in t- 2009, not 2010. So don't get mad at me, Trojans. Yes, we're the Trojans. <laughs> a feisty bunch. Um, we invite all of your jokes about Trojans. <laughs> and then the second one. Okay, so why I was trying to. Oh, this is why. Okay, so <laughs> I talked about how the theme song was composed by WG Snuffy Walden. Oh, and Carly goes, Oh my gosh snuffy is the name and she was like i'm so embarrassed because this is such a deep cut in gilmore girls (laughs) it's as deep as it gets it's in season five and it's when luke takes lorelei to that to his luke's and she's reading the menu and she reads about this dog okay so i go no it's sniffles and you go no no no, snuffy i was like okay i'll check later i do remember that i bet my life on it so (laughs) i mean as we do every tiny little fact that does not matter so I looked it up today. It's Sniffy. We were both right. Literally, the, no, but it's literally the perfect compromise between Snuffy and Sniffles. And I just died. So That's it is um, Sniffy. That is a fact check. I know you all were waiting with bated breath. Yes, on that I know, one. on that one. <laughs> I told that to Kelsey it, that we we're debating the name of that dog. And she just goes, oh, Kelsey is our, uh, my really close friend, but Monica's friends with her too. Um, she just goes, I don't know how you guys remember that shit. 
I know she's she's had to witness. So we we took we all went to um, Gilmore Girls Festival in Connecticut together. No shame. And she had to witness the spiral, the pop cultural spirals that we mm-hmm. go down that no one understands. So she goes, through. it's like the by the time I got the reference, y'all were inside <laughs> another one, and I just couldn't keep up. So that's why we're going to try to like identify them for you on this podcast. Yes, that's why we're starting a podcast so that more people can be exposed to our strange references. Exactly. I did make bread this weekend. That's fun. Oh, I saw you. So if you follow Carly at <laughs> cool.cactus.media, you will see a lot of food porn. Yeah. And I went this weekend. I was very jealous. Yeah. No, but in a great way. I was <laughs> so I was much jealous. food in my fridge. Grant was like, are you the Grant is my little brother. I was sending him pictures of the food and he was like, are you having a mental breakdown? I, I live alone and I made an entire roast chicken, like full chicken and fresh pesto and fresh bread and mashed potatoes. That was Saturday. And then on Sunday I made a four pound pork roast. Oh my gosh. I know. I don't know why. Um, I just And what kind of bread? I made whole wheat bread. It was my first time making it. Um and it I kind of messed it up, but it's still really yummy. Well, it looked kind of cakey. It's cuz I messed. Which, it. <laughs> no, but that's like how I'd want it. Yeah, it's really dense cuz I didn't uh put my back into my kneading apparently. Mm. Carly, you know you got to put your back into your kneading a little harder. Right. Um yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right shall we get to it we shall <sighs> episode two this eyes wide episode open two. with eyes wide open <laughs> i knew you were gonna do that i've been planning that for like I, a week it specifically in my head was like i'm not gonna sing it i'll just let monica sing it because i know she's going to <laughs> and did you see it on the google doc no <laughs> Okay, because I put I put it to like remind myself to do that joke, <laughs> and I said Creed, Creed, and I put not Creed Bratton because I knew I was going to get confused. Uh, just natural to get confused yes. with your cre- creeds, with your creeds. But yes, it is August seventeenth, twenty twenty. Today, this episode came out October tenth, two thousand six. And would you like to read the synopsis, Carly? Um, I think sure. I read it last Except time. That I have to pull it up. Well, that's fine. So. You take your time. We just cut it out. <laughs> um, I was just listening to the episode of Gilmore Girls when they're like starting the band and Lorelai accidentally almost outs uh, Adam Brody and Lane. Yes. Um, but then they're like, we found out that you're a Christian. It's totally cool, man. Like, just we just won't play any Creed. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you're a Christian. It's cool. It's cool. Okay. IMDb synopsis. Oh, it's one sentence long. It's very short. Our IMDb synopsis for today is, with Jason seriously injured, Matt must step up and become the team's first string quarterback. Whoa. Whoa. Which is pretty simple, but this isn't a packed episode anyways. No, um, no. I feel like... Yeah, we're going to get out of here pretty soon. Yeah, I'm just kidding. We're going to talk for two We hours. don't have anything to say. <laughs> I didn't take any notes. Um, but yeah, I feel like... at the Yeah. They're they're really still like evaluating Jason's injury. I feel like people don't really know the extent of of his injury. Like at the beginning of the episode, they're still kind of talking about like you can hear Buddy telling somebody, you know, best case scenario, he's back in a month. Um, So they they really don't know quite yet, um, which I feel like definitely puts Matt in a tricky, tricky spot. Tricky spot. They don't I feel like it's like mid episode when they when they do the big reveal. Yeah, in the it was about halfway yeah. through. Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay. Which you kind of know that's coming because you're like, they wouldn't just do this and then he's like back, you know? No. Especially like yeah. having a giant injury like that in the pilot. Um, right, right. I think it's really cool though. Shoot, what's his face? The guy who plays Jason. Uh, uh, Scott Porter. He, one of the reasons he took the role was because he was going to play a paraplegic and he was like really wanted to do that portrayal, which I thought was kind of interesting. That is cool. Yeah. He does it. Well, I think he does it well. He will do it well. (laughs) No spoilers. (laughs) No spoilers. So far, he's doing a really great job of being in a neck brace. He really is. He lays there so well. So well. Uh, Okay. Um, So basically in this episode, we are watching Matt start to grow into his role as QB1. Yeah. Um, And we're kind of getting into some of the other characters depths we see a lot more tammy and a lot less julie i think julie had one line (laughs) yeah i don't even remember in this episode she said something to her mom about i told you and (laughs) blah 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 moby dick (laughs) (laughs) um she said something snarky about book club oh yeah but yeah overall we're just watching matt sort of come to the realization that he is going to be the QB for this year. And we're watching coach Taylor. You know, I love the moment when he was like, you know, what they're saying is right. This job is my meal ticket. I got this job because of Jason. Like yeah. none of that is wrong. And, and I'm on the line here too. Yeah. I mean, his pressure was already so huge in the pilot and now it's just added on burned crosses in his yard. Exactly. <laughs> like one game. You're out of here. Man, you're out of here, kid. <laughs> Oh, uh, we also see Tim wrestling with his best friend, yes. um, which I'll, well, I'll get into later, but we start seeing kind of more of his emotional side and honestly more the fact that he cannot deal with that emotional side. Yeah, he and, barely even has a single line in the episode. Yeah. But he's no, in it's, it a lot. Yeah. He's either like getting up and leaving or fighting on the field. And we also see Smash and Tyra smash oh, on the couch. Oh, I have... Oh, we have the... Yeah, let's just okay, get into okay. it. Let's, let's go. All right. Let's go. Yes. Okay, should we Should start? we start out? No, you go. Oh. Should we start with Texas Thanks? That's which what I was going to say. We're going to get a name from our listeners, unless we don't want to. <laughs> Texas Thanks is kind of fun. Yeah, why not? Texas Thanks forever. Texas Thanks forever. Um. Yes, I think that we should. One of them. The most Texas things in this episode, I think we can probably both agree on, is Riggins sitting in the bed of a pickup truck shooting a, like, 12-gauge rifle out of the back of it into the nothingness. Yep. Not edit anything. That is my first note. (laughs) Um, Tim shooting. I said Tim shooting shot off the truck bed, but we know what that means. Riggins gun plus truck. Yes. It's perfect. (laughs) And like, I guess he's just not going to get pulled over. I don't know. He just doesn't care right now. There are a lot of cops in Dylan. He never cares. Yeah. And also he's very, I mean, he gets, first of all, I don't know like what they're doing. I'm just picturing the Riggins boys like in their little frat house being like, hey, you want to drive around? I'll sit in the back and shoot a gun. And they're like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds good. Um, But I did think his brother was being kind of insensitive. You can hear him shouting out the back of the truck and he's like, you know, people are talking about Street getting back to the game in a few months, but I saw him go down. That kid's not going to walk again. And then Riggins is like, angry. 
fire gun. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, no shit, that's his best friend. Maybe not. Maybe I know. Although maybe delivered the news a little lighter. I know. Although it's not like he's vocalized any of his worries. True. As Lila points out, she's like, hey, I know you're not a wear your feelings on your sleeve kind of guy, but yeah, I love that. <laughs> Um, okay. The other one I had was the shot of, is like right at the beginning of the episode after church and all, everyone's playing outside in the yard while the adults just like stand around and talk. Mm-hmm. That was very Texas. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Especially for our lives. I feel like after church, Monica and I would just run around the building for hours. <laughs> just for no reason. Like, I don't know what we were doing. I don't even know what we were chasing. We were chasing a dream. Um, <laughs> chasing our dreams. Chasing our dreams. But yeah, all the men in like suits yeah. outside of church sweating. Yep. It's just very visceral. Yeah. it's You can see a lot of sweat like glistening on them throughout this episode, which you can tell it's not put on. They were filming no. in the heat. Unlike the first episode yeah. that had like some winter shots winter. weaved in, woven in. Yeah. Um, <sighs> this one, you can tell it was hot. Yes. And I think... I think this happens in that scene. I know definitely Buddy Garrity says it, but this is another Texas thing. He calls getting a win a W. We just need that W. We need a W in this town. Yes. Yeah, playing outside after church for sure and just all their sweat, like especially at the in the very last scene when uh, Coach Taylor and Matt are, it's like nighttime, like pitch black and you can still see all their sweat. That's yes. very Texas to me. Like one of the weirdest things in of summer in texas is when the sun goes down and your body or like internal whatever is telling you that it should get cooler outside but you walk out it doesn't yeah it's just like such a strange feeling for it to be pitch black outside and for you to be dripping in sweat (laughs) yeah oh there's no relief that's the problem not in early morning not at late at night it's just always hot it's true well and that's one of the things i will say about colorado is that even when it's like a hundred degrees here, when you if you go in the shade, it is cool. Like at least by 10, 20 degrees, it's cooler. That's what you need. Yeah. That's all you need. The other things that I wrote down were just like the AC breaking in general. I just feel mm-hmm. like I've, I have a lot of memories <laughs> from childhood of my dad sweating in the backyard, like trying to fix the AC. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which by the way, oh. I pulled. Go ahead. I'm going to pull a clip. No, I was just, I remember one time our AC was out upstairs and we had to, we just like brought, it was like late. I think we came home late and we just like brought our mattresses down into the piano room oh and slept there. Yeah. Because if we slept in that heat, you would, you would die. You would literally die. You would literally Straight die. Straight to the hospital. Um, I pulled this clip from- Like Jason. The, <laughs> I pulled this clip from the scene when he's fixing the AC because I think we should all take a moment to appreciate Eric Taylor saying the words that every woman loves to hear. It's broken. You were right. Call the guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's broken you were right call the guy I'm call sorry. the guy <laughs> literally the most beautiful words a man can say i love to hear it yes i love that um what else did you have for text things i have the rally girls can we discuss this culture okay we need to discuss the rally girls yeah because it makes me sick it is so weird and they get even weirder <gasps> later in the show yes. there'll be more rally yes. girls material they are like school sanctioned prostitutes essentially is how they describe yeah, them literally are yeah are, are, are they different from cheerleaders yes are they kind of they're the like same? rivals okay. because remember in this episode lila right. they make the big poster for jason and she's like isn't it crazy the cheerleaders and the rally girls united to make this poster yes yes and i think okay. the cheerleaders so are they, more like we're the tumbling athletes and those girls are right 
you know, I'm not going to say the S the word. The tumbling but... in the sheets. Yeah. That's it. that's it. Yeah. They do their tumbling in the sheets. But basically, they describe these rally girls as, it seems that one or two of them are assigned to each football player to, like, yeah. service them. Yes. <laughs> Literally, she approaches Matt and she's like, I'm yours. What do you want? <laughs> I'll get you anything. And what do you, yeah. And can we talk about how she says, I make chocolate cake with real butter. Does anybody make it with, like, I can't believe it's not butter spray? Actually, like, what is not real butter? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is hilarious to me for two reasons. Okay. One, particularly because the Moser family, in my memories, is renowned for buying their, I can't believe it's not butter, in spray form. But it's yes, <laughs> only for popcorn. Popcorn. Continue. And Monica and I would use about one bottle per bowl of popcorn. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and it was a real wrist workout. It was uh, zero calories and a thousand unknown chemicals. I just remember standing there like slowly squirting for like <laughs> minutes at a time and we would trade yes. off when our hands got tired. Right. You got to get the rim of the bowl and then you got to shake it up and just get all the corners. Yeah. It is an art form, but there are other forms of butter. But this is interesting to me because it is a Texas thing. At least it was in the like 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever. Okay. But in small town Texas, I feel like a lot of those like 80s trends or whatever are still, you know, they're always a little behind the times. But it's to use margarine. Like my grandma would use margarine in everything. And my my mom did not like it. No, because it's not chocolate cake with real butter. That's right. So I do think it's a thing that people use fake butter. I don't know why they would. Yeah. I guess they thought it was better, less cholesterol or something. It was butter. Butter. <laughs> it was butter um, than margarine. I do love, though, how uncomfortable Matt is with his rally girl. Yes, I know. I'm like, you sweet, sweet boy. I he know. just doesn't know what to say. When she gives him the cake, he just like, because he had just walked out of his house. So he was yeah. like, do I go back in and put it right. down? And or? that's exactly he how I would react. <laughs> Like, do I take it to school? Or Right. That was like when this was a very reminiscent of the dinner party office episode. Which part? Um, uh, you'll see. <laughs> so, someone took me on a date and brought me a rose, which was very sweet because oh, guys don't do that. you had to hold it the whole time? But then I just, yeah, I was like, do I go back in and like drop it off or do I? So I just brought it into the car. So the reference is Andy gives it to Angela and she goes, <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> and so I literally, I just like brought it in the car and kind of just like gently put it Aww. like on the floor of the car. It was fine. I probably would have like awkwardly put it in my purse. Well, it had a long stem. Yeah. And I brought like a little purse. That is so sweet and so awkward. I would not know exactly. what to do with it either. Sweet and awkward. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, <laughs> Um, Well, these rally girls are not sweet. or I, Well, they're very sweet. They're not awkward. Um, yeah, they're not delivering roses. They're delivering handjobs. <laughs> Tim Riggins assaults one of them in the hallway. <laughs> yeah, that also was disturbing. Whoa, also that woman was wearing, well, we can get to the fashion report later, but she was wearing yes. the ugliest, baggiest, like mid-thigh level khaki cargo shorts. The girl re- that he kisses. Yes, I rewinded it to look at them. Oh, wow. It was very weird. She looked like weird, weird, late weird. 20s, too. She did. She did. And Tim looks 40. So If you guys don't remember this scene, basically this girl in the school hallway hands Tim cookies, and then he just, like, grabs... She's clearly a random girl. He just, like, grabs her, yeah. makes out with her, like, hardcore up against the lockers, and then just walks away. And she's like... <laughs> 
I know they like both love it. So I guess it's consensual, but it was weird. That's one of those things about, and we will definitely get into this in the show because they do it a lot, but like some shows that write for teenagers where you're like, okay, teenagers are not that smooth. They do not have that much confidence and they are less sexually active than you are writing them to be. you think. (laughs) Yes. I mean, as Dex Shepard says, our generation has a lot less sex than this is true. Generation before. This is true. And we do less drugs and we drink less Mm -hmm. and they still are on our asses. Um, oh, the last thing I had that was super Texas-y is, uh, Buddy Garrity's office. (laughs) There's, like, at least 10 deer heads in there. This is, um, this is kind of a uh, combination Texas and Tammy time, so we can kind of segue, this can kind of segue us into that. Yes. Um, but I said, this isn't exactly, like, a Texas thing, it's just, like, a high school thing, but I said mom's roping and mom's to do shit. Yes. <laughs> um, when she tells about the Rise of Christmas Tree, she says, you can't hear the other end. She's like, oh, that many. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she goes, I'm on 12 committees now. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, I don't, f- I don't feel like either of our moms were like crazy PTA moms. No, my mom it was very grounded in the fact that, and I will be the same way, She'll, she just was never like, guilted into doing anything yeah. she didn't want to do like she like helped with the musical and stuff that i was involved in that mm-hmm. she wanted to but like she'd be like these moms it's kind of like you know get a life <laughs> i know well and just get yeah. a life separate from your child right it also helps that they weren't boy moms i do feel like the football moms had like an obligation to yeah. like set up or whatever all the shit that they did all the shit <laughs> okay so as we get into tammy time tammy time i'll play a quick clip hey y'all i'm out of here I knew it's you were going to pull it. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. I'm out of here. We love a good Connie Britton. Hey, y'all. We do. I loved her line when she was like, I'm just going to go to book club, show them my literary prowess. <laughs> I wrote that down. Gun, I said literary prowess, <laughs> guns up. Yeah. Was, show them my literary prowess. It's also like, like a, you're so cute. <laughs> it's exactly what I would do, too. I'm like, well, I'm going to go show them that I'm smart and then I'm never going to go again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, loved her booby tank top. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of oof. really heavily positive, emphatic comments about Connie Britton's boobs. <laughs> I have a lot so of feelings about ready them. ready to be uncomfortable. <laughs> I love them. I love them. I love them. They hang off me ladies' chest. <laughs> to be delicate, they hang off me ladies' chest. <laughs> they make milk. Um, I think we referenced that last episode. We did. So. But we it's did. worth twice. Maybe in every yes. episode we'll reference uh, the deposition. Let's make it a goal. I loved this. So this is also a blend of Texas things and Tammy time. I loved this line. This reminded me so much of my mother. Wait, would you take your hat off the table? You look so cute. <laughs> and I, I recorded the rest of that scene. So let's just keep let's playing. Do it. Let's rock and roll. This is bad news. Oh, good news. Always good news. I don't give you bad news. AC, done. Like I said, we need a new unit, $3,000 minimum. What's the good news? Our coal front moving in? No, the good news is that I think I might be able to help you pay for the new unit because I think I got myself a job. Really? Mm-hmm. That fast you got a job? Yeah. Where'd you get the job? At the, 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 the school. What school? At the high school. I love this line. At my high school? I wasn't aware that you had bought it, but yeah, I'm the new guidance counselor at the high school. You know, I 
sometimes counselors can be a nuisance, and that means that right. we're going to have some interaction. Well, that's good. I like that we're going to have some interaction. I think it's great that we're going to have well, some interaction. Well, I just think that we, we should probably talk about it. Well, I, I've taken the job already. I, I think it's that. nice that we're going to have some interactions. <laughs> I love the line when he, she's like, do you want good news or bad news? He goes, good news. Always good news. She goes, okay, I'll give you the bad news. Okay, so here's the bad news. <laughs> also, my high school? Well, I didn't realize you bought it. But <laughs> right. Oh, so good. I, I, I also love it because I, I was like, oh, I should have started that clip earlier with the, can you take your hat off? You're so cute. And you you covered that for me. So perfect duo. Perfect The end of my yang. Because I wrote that they are just so lived in minute I one i mean you just completely buy that they're a do you want a fun couple. fact please <laughs> please um so connie Britton and kyle chandler to get to know each other before the show he asked her to drive with him from la to austin before they started <sighs> filming so they drove like across the country together and just like got to know each other and and got supernatural and and they already they did have chemistry naturally for sure yeah, they got supernatural, like Dean. Well, they did in this episode. They um, filmed a sex scene, and what Kyle had it cut. He was like so uncomfortable with it. He said that he was never going to do a sex scene with her after that. <laughs> I don't think it was like, from what I read, I didn't get it as like a tense moment. It just they yeah. did film it, and then he was like pulled the plug on it, and then he was like, "We're just not going to do that in this show." So, <laughs> I wow. like to think I that mean, it went too well. <laughs> I know. He was like, don't show that. <laughs> oh, wow. This doesn't give any spoiler away, but I just was thinking there's a really, really cute kind of sexy scene between them in a few episodes, I think. They have a lot of cute, sexy scenes. I mean, they do. But there's one in particular yeah. that I might have rewound a few times. <laughs> and also both their personalities, like, they both just strike this adorable note with each other where they, they have this supernatural supernatural <laughs> very natural <laughs> back and forth and they like poke yeah. at each other and flirt with each other in in a way that like i don't n- remember having adults in my life that talk to each other like that and i just love seeing it on tv it's very like inspiring for it is because they're like constantly kind of bickering mm-hmm. but you see them work it out and you see them work it out in a really realistic non-dramatic way right which i love and i also feel like tv writing tropes so often put couples as like one person is the like really outgoing loud person and then the other person is more reserved and and they didn't stick to that trope both of them are have this like monotone dry humor they both Mm -hmm. have it they both talk to each other with it and um i just love that they're just really unique characters neither of them are tropey like at all yeah I agree. Well, because I think, I don't know if I said this in the pilot, but I think I wrote it down there um, when, or, you know, it, it also applies to when he's like, where's, where's my daughter? And she's like, she's at dance. I've told you 10 times. It's like, even though Eric Taylor is amazing, he's still just the, the dumb dad that forgets. I know. You know, it's and true. I love that because it's so, it's so realistic. Especially with the AC. He's like, yeah, it's fine. It's broken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Call the guy. Right. And they didn't even need to put into the story that like he had refused to call the guy like it was just like understandable dad just know (laughs) that's so true uh the other thing i loved that tammy did is like in that really awesome moment when she walks into his office late at night and he's like clearly stressing i mean that whole moment is amazing yeah um 
But I just love if you listen right when she walks in. And I didn't notice it the first time I watched, but she's holding a six pack. So she like brings him a six pack, puts it on the counter and she goes, school's empty. Want to make out? Uh, <laughs> so cute. So cute. I love that. Get it. Get it. Okay. So get ready for Carly's film section. Let's review that tape. Review the tape. Okay, so for our film section today, I got a couple of tidbits for you. Great. Um, so the director of this episode is Jeffrey Reiner. So that's new. Um, the writer of the show is Peter Berg. He still wrote this episode um, along with a couple other writers, but um, he is still writing. Jeff Reiner is a famous director. At the time, he wasn't that big, but he ended up directing most of season one at least like the next okay. 10 or 15 episodes. Um, but recently he directed Dirty John with Connie Britton. Oh, so good. I know. And High Fidelity, which I haven't watched, but I've heard rave reviews. I have too, and they canceled it. Oh, really? And people are really upset. Yeah. Was it, wasn't it? Was it a Hulu original? And now they're getting flack yeah. for and cutting it, what, a... What, is it LGBTQ or is it people of color or both? No, I think... I know, right? <laughs> um, no, I think so... I actually just wa- recently watched the movie and what's cool is Zoe Kravitz's mom. Uh, oh, shoot. What is her name? I know. Uh, I know Lenny. You know, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll put that in the fact check okay. next episode. <laughs> but, and fun fact, she's married to uh, Khaleesi's, Daenerys's first husband. Zoe Kravitz? Also his name is es- es- escaping me. No, oh, uh, Zoe Benet. Kravitz's mom. Lisa Bonet, thank you. Oh, my brain yeah. is so powerful. Lisa Bonet is either married or seriously dating. Jason Momoa. What is Jason Momoa, thank wow, you. Wow, I am. Thank you for bringing my brain ah, today. I ate my Wheaties today. Yeah, right. My pop culture Wheaties. And so, <laughs> yes. So the the movie is Jack Black, John Cusack, and Lisa Bonet. Whoa. And it's awesome. Yeah, you should watch it. I think it's stacked. Don't quote me on this, but I think it's early 2000s, late 90s. Wait, what's um, it called? It's called High Fidelity. So the show oh, is I did loosely not based that. off of that. And it's Zoe, the daughter. Wow. But way to steal my thunder in the film section, you bitch. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, let me just one up you no, there. that sounds awesome. But yeah, people are mad that I think it was just because it's like a female driven show, mm-hmm. person of color, stuff like and that. And it was and like people doing and it was well, really good. It seems. Yeah. It's weird. Um, honestly, I, I have a hunch it in case anybody wants to know the details of the streaming world, I I have a hunch it had a lot less to do with that and has a lot more to do with issues that are going on in the Hulu originals department, which there are issues. Oh, Um, okay. They're just not as competitive as the other original programs, which I imagine is leading to like high turnover and just whatever issues financial anyways, whatever. Um, I would highly recommend speaking of Hulu originals, normal people. (gasps) I have heard that that's super good. It's, it's a lot. Um, but very, very good. I've been on a, a feel good kick, but I'll be ready for something drama soon. <laughs> yes. I can only watch so much Great British Baking. <laughs> Eventually it's going to end and I need to prepare for that. <laughs> okay. Rest of review the tape. Um, this is just like a really tiny thing, but I loved it so much. And it just speaks to the level of detail that the show goes to, to make it feel so lived in. Um, mm-hmm. Do you notice Coach Taylor's car? It's just like a regular ford explorer and it's lived in it's i just feel like so many tv shows they get into the car and you can see that it's like a brand new car there's nothing in it like this little ford explorer i just feel like everyone i knew growing up had that old beat up explorer especially the dads like i'm like your dad 
had a, just like a good old suburban like that. Like a big Yukon. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I just love that it wasn't nice or fancy. Like that wasn't a, a continuity error that so many other shows make with all of the props, especially cars. Um, yes. And it just was, it just looked awesome to me. And it just fills out his character in such a rich way. So it's, it's perfect. Yeah, it's a little detail, but that's kind of how this show does. They take all of that stuff really yeah. seriously. Um, the other thing I noticed, you can tell that they kind of toned down the shakiness a little bit more. Um, yes. And they'll continue to throughout the first season. But I think since they like toned it down, you can see now the places where they really emphasize. So like when they cut in really tight and it's shaky like that, you can tell that it's really like meaningful because it's, they only do that a couple of times throughout the episode. Um, I noticed one I noticed was when, sorry, no, go ahead. I, um, when she comes, I'm just saying she, like you're supposed to know who I'm talking about. When Lila comes into the hospital and it zooms in on like the cookies mm -hmm. and the poster and the balloons. Yeah. Yeah. They do this thing where they'll, they don't do a lot of, mid-level shots they'll just like be hovering in the scene and then they'll cut right to like close eyes they do eyes or hands um or and both uh, which is like i just love it so much and you'll notice they don't do this and once you start picking up on it as a viewer you'll start thinking about it when you watch other shows and you'll start realizing how unusual it is for them to cut so tight to their eyes like i can literally picture coach taylor's bottom eyelashes and what they look like because of how like close they go yeah y'all carly just like put her hands up to her face and like bugged out her eyes i am a hands talker but you guys uh -huh. don't get to experience that we we will film your hands and your eyes it'll be worth it it'll be great content <laughs> um but i just love that they do that it's like one of the ways that they capture emotion so well, but it also asks a lot of the actors to yeah. be face acting all the time and to be super expressive. Um, and I, well, I because the eyes of Texas are upon you. you. Always. Yes. All the live long day. <laughs> all the live long day. Um, but yeah, I just love so much that they do that. And it really like, it, it makes sense to cut close to their eyes to tell emotion, but I feel like Peter Berg was one of the, directors that for me brought attention to the stories that hands can tell um yeah and now that's something that I do in all of my work like I actually have a DP uh or director of photography that I worked with um on my little documentary series that before we yes. started shooting I actually had him watch Friday Night Lights <laughs> because like that's how influenced my work is by this yes it is no joke and I was like just get their hands and I'll be happy. <laughs> he yeah. was like, he, I could see in his notebook, it was like hand shots, hand shots. <laughs> <laughs> hands, 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 hands. It's like, it's like ass, ass, ass. Literally. Hands, hands, hands. That's pretty much hands. me on set. Hands, 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 mm. hands, 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 hands. Um, but yeah, so I love that. And I just wanted to share its influence in my work. I love it. Um, the other moment that stood out to me when they do that, it's like, one second of a tight shot but when you watch the show closely there is it's like packed with storytelling so when coach taylor is telling them that jason's not expected to ever walk again they do these push-ins to all the different players reactions um mm. and they show smash for like half a second and it's that close eye shot and he's crying and mm. i've never caught that before it's like just such a tiny detail and yeah. it's just in a one second little tight shot that they're telling 
all of that story and developing his character more than we've seen so far. I just thought that was so cool. Sweet, yeah. sweet, smash. I love that. sweet smash. Although he's not that sweet yet. <laughs> no. People are going to be like, why but do he you was like sweet it? in that moment. Yeah, yeah. But I did think that was sweet. Um, and then yeah. obviously Tim storms out, which is telling as well. Yes. Um, oh, the other thing I had is just if you viewers are starting to wonder why i mean we've talked about the jiggly camera um but also the film is really grainy like it looks and especially nowadays it's really noticeable it looks different than other stuff that you watch on tv um but that's because this is all the entire show was filmed on film on 16 millimeter film love it which is a big peter berg thing and it's also a documentary world thing that he brought over but other famous shows it's like having a moment film again um other famous shows so like black swan was filmed on 16 millimeter um walking dead which is uh the director for walking dead does a lot of season two of friday night lights so he brought he's a film guy as well um one of my favorite shows ever shot on film was mad men but they did 35 millimeter not 16 but it's like pretty simple come on um but that's a good I just think Mad Men is a good indicator that everyone's seen to kind of understand the different feeling and like texture that that film gives. And that's like a huge part of this show, I feel like. Yeah. Honestly, like I feel like shows these days sometimes are like too crystal clear. Agreed. Yeah. It's like almost like it's almost when you think music is like overly produced. Like Mm -hmm. that's how it feels to me sometimes. Totally. Yeah. I love the 16 millimeter. I mean, there are definitely some shots where it bugs me. Um, like there were some nighttime shots that were like real grainy, um, <laughs> in Mad Men or Friday Night Lights. In Friday Night Lights. Um, but other than that, the, the only thing that's funny about 16, if when you shoot on film, so just imagine like taking photos, like a camera, um, obviously you're, it's not digital, so you can't like tape over stuff or, or whatever. You're just filming all of the time. So shows yeah. that are shot on film, like Friday Night Lights, especially especially Friday Night Lights, because they have three cameras rolling at all time. Like, I, I cannot imagine being an editor for this show. They would probably no. have, like, similar to how Gilmore Girls had, like, 60-page scripts plus, this show is that way in footage, probably. Like, they probably had endless hours of footage for each episode. Yeah, that's a really good comparison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's all I have for reviewing the tape. Love it. Going back to the smash thing really quick. I was just thinking about one of my favorite things that one of my songwriting teachers told me in college and I'm going to get this wrong probably, but, and I don't remember who this was, but apparently the, the guy that either like built the statue of Liberty or worked on it or whatever. Yeah. So he was French, I guess (laughs) he, it was before. Okay. So he designed okay i love this story so far thank you thank you (laughs) when he designed the crown the lady liberty Mm -hmm. crown he spent something like you know 20 times more work than he did on the rest of the whole statue and at that point there were no no airplanes so no one was going to see it oh like from a level of detail Yes. So that's, and he was just comparing that to like the really good songwriters or the really good Mm -hmm. filmmakers where they're not doing it for anybody like that Mm -hmm. smash little moment. Like you don't even notice it, but I think it's really special when it's like just for the creator and then 
people see glimpses of it. See, I love that you pushed through and told that story because you know what it reminds me of? I got there. <laughs> I got there. But it reminds me of also Steve Jobs was like that. So he was like crazy yeah. particular about, so like the design on the outside of all of the devices that he created, he was insistent that the chips and all of the design on the interior was as um, aesthetic as the outside. And mm. obviously that drove his engineers insane. Um, he was like, they were like, it doesn't have to look good. No one's got to look but at this. But he was like, I want this to be able to be, this computer to be clear and for you to be able to see everything inside and for the inside to be beautiful. Um, and people thought he was crazy, but they're like, nobody's going to see that part of it. And he was <laughs> like, but it's just a part of the device. And, and I love that. That seems like all great creators. That might be a quality. I agree. I agree. Well, I also just realized I told you that we should do music first and then film and then football. So I'm not doing two in a row. And then I was just like, let's do film. I I was like, maybe I misheard her. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll do that next time. And I don't think my sections are going to be super long. But um, yeah, let's hop into, let's huddle up in the musician's corner. I'm huddled. Okay. You ready? ready? So this episode has 11 songs. And their age range is 1976 to 2013. So really Ooh, far ahead. Man, there must have I'm been curious one song. what all the original music was. It sounds like there's like a number of additions. I know. I feel like there's at least one kind of replacement maybe every episode. Yeah. But um, so there was actually a couple Texas acts. There's obviously Exposures in the Sky again. Em. They play Remember Me as a Time of Day in Your Hand in Mine again. <laughs> And but then there's also Walter Hyatt, who was a part of the alternative music scene in Austin in the 60s and 70s. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. My favorite songs, which this was weird. I I even looked ahead and for some reason on this episode, uh, Tune Find, which I used, did not describe what scenes happened in each song. Oh. So my favorite song, I'm not actually sure what scene it was. I know it was toward the beginning, but then I also am going to play another one that was in a pivotal scene. So this was my favorite. It's called wolf like me mm-hmm. t- by tv on the radio Ooh, and i will TV say this was me judging a book by its cover because the artwork is real weird it's like a giant uh like bird's nest it almost looks like the crown of thorns was my favorite of the app wait but But what about what i have one more okay i'll let you do it so i don't like the song as a whole but i thought this was the best moment it's when coach taylor reveals that um jason is paralyzed from the waist down Mm. and this just big chord hits and this is um flutter by by helen stellar really it i just love that like it was that. like not like an emotional song or something it was just like it this it, it, it very well captured the weight of the news to me um i thought you were going to feature devil town okay well 
Yeah, wait, why did I do that? <laughs> I think I just wrote a section about it and I just didn't, it, obviously it's, that it's is my favorite It's almost big song. enough for it to be its own thing. Yes, so that is all, obviously my favorite song <laughs> and it'll we'll put a clip at the end of this episode. I forgot and like, at the end of the first they had it like actually in the show. Um, I know. But I loved so Devil Town is the song that played at the end of the episode. I was living in a devil's town. town. Did it. I love that song. It's funny because I remember the first time I heard it, I thought it was like weird. I remember playing it in my car and, and thinking I was like cool and indie because the song was so like weird. Right. It is pretty weird. It is kind of weird, but I, I... But it's so good. I have like, you know, like certain songs you have like deep childhood memories attached to. Ugh, yeah, that one. That's one of them. Yeah, so I put the infamous Devil Town plays at the end of this. Um, it's, you know, the ending montage of everyone getting ready for the game. Lila bringing Jason and feeding him a cookie. Yes. Um, but this is interesting. And I actually want to turn to the audience for this because they actually play. It's a cover by Tony Luca of mm. the Bright Eyes version. So it's not the same version. It's more rocky. And Tony Luca is an American singer and producer and an actor. And this is all, this is a great fact. He is perhaps best known for starting his career on the Mickey Mouse Club. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I don't know if he was there when like JT and Ryan Gosling and all them were there. But I always forget that they were in the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, but it's so then it says after that he like went to LA and he had a brief career as an actor and then became a full-time musician. But I don't I couldn't really find the FNL connection, the Finalize connection mm-hmm. or why they had him cover it for the show. Maybe they couldn't Who originally Bright sang Eyes. it? Bright Eyes? Bright Eyes, yeah. I love them. And Connor Oberst. Which I do think they have the Bright Eyes version in the show at another point. But this is the Tony Luca cover. Hmm. Yeah. But I should note, um, the music supervisor for Friday Lights is one of my favorites. Her name's Liza Richardson. She also does Parenthood, Narcos, and The Leftovers. Cool. Yeah. And she became well-known on the radio dial as a DJ with Los Angeles' influential NPR affiliate, kcrw so she was a dj for years and then got into the tv game and she's one of my favorite supervisors obviously obvi uh i love that obvi yeah she's so good <clears throat> so that's all i got for musicians colon love it love it love it we could do a fashion report next do you fashion report to? i have a couple i wish we could just steal that that is a shout out so that is a bit that they do in the podcast the gilmore guys which are is an amazing show if you watch gilmore girls (laughs) it's these two male comedians in la uh who go one of them has been watching gilmore girls since he was little and the other one's never seen it and they go episode by episode and watch it and uh they're both like sound familiar yeah they're both big (laughs) film nerds and tv nerds um so they were a big inspiration for us so we do want to shout them out every time we steal from them which we just did yes (laughs) which we just did (laughs) um okay i did have one note about julie i thought her braids were really cute yeah she rocks those braids when they're at home and coach taylor i I like weirdly don't know i like feel weird calling him eric I know. He's not an Eric to me. He's just coach. Well, I just feel like it's not formal enough. Like I need to call him like Mr. Taylor, Coach Taylor. When he's trying to fix the AC, Julie's in cute little braids. Um, but they yeah. were outstaged by Connie Britton's boobs. <laughs> Always. <laughs> uh, let's see. 
Uh, how did you feel about Matt's little uniform? Oh my the, gosh, so good. What's the place I called? Alamo Freeze? Alamo Freeze. I put Alamo Freeze outfit 10 out of 10. Ugh. It's very hot dog on a stick reminiscent. Ooh, it is. I love that. Yeah. I just love the yeah. hat. His little hat. I know that's the main thing. And I love that he, I mean, this is also another great um, touch is that when he, when Eric <laughs> comes to get him from his house and they'd have that moment in the field, which we'll get to yeah. so good. He is still wearing his like white button down. It reminded yes. me of like staying in my uniform shirt, you know, totally. at night and I'm all like sweaty and doing homework. Ugh, yeah. I remember uh, speaking of staying in your uniform shirt because that was his work shirt, right? That's why it had like stays yeah. on it. Um, I, yeah, I just don't feel like he went home and put on a white button down, you know, which I thought like when yeah. coach came by his house I was like why is he wearing all white but then when I saw the stains on it later I was like oh it's his work shirt um but that is funny because I remember I was homeschooled or like in like a small group school thing until I came to TBS where Monica and I went to school in sixth grade but I remember I wanted to go to a a quote-unquote real school so badly and like TBS had uniforms which to me meant like real school and I remember the, for like the first year that I went there, I would come home and I would not take my uniform off like until bedtime. <laughs> I like loved, loved it. it. <laughs> Which I, I don't think I have how a special Matt, place in my heart for my uniform. Yeah. I don't think that's how Matt, that's not why Matt was still in his, but no, <laughs> um, his was adorable. I also thought that there was like this one scene when Matt and Landry were going out to the car it was when Landry was talking about the red hot chili peppers which I want to talk about later but Matt was wearing this like shirt that had stripes on the sleeve it was kind of like a baseball tee mm, he looked really good yeah, you liked it <laughs> you were into that I was into that t-shirt which is more than I can say for most t-shirts yeah I mean it, it's it's hard to find like a you I know, know he just really he outstanding really t-shirt my f- this is also, I think, the first time we see his Live Strong bracelet. Oh, which I forgot to write that infamous. down, but yes. <laughs> yeah. He, like, always has a Live Strong bracelet on, which I love. They never, like, explain it. It just makes sense. Like, in high school, we all, like, randomly wore those. Yeah, I was going to say, it makes yeah. sense to me because they were such a fad. I thought it was more like middle school. <laughs> yeah, those were so popular. I definitely remember so wearing a number of them. Yeah. Um, the other thing I had is right before smash and tyra um which we'll get to the outfit that smash was wearing when he picks up when he and tyra like run into each other is the most early 2000s i've ever seen he's wearing like a striped collared polo and then like these bulky but thin sunglasses yes oh my god he looks like he looks like he works at best buy he looks like an eight-year-old who dressed himself for church I am surprised that Tyra went for that. Yeah. Actually, am I? Am I? Although I'm sure Tim was very unavailable. This is true. And she did say she was like, I wouldn't consider him my boyfriend. But they were eating together before Tim almost got in that fight with Smash. Yeah, but I feel like they're constantly off and on. Like, yeah. even like by the hour. Yeah, the show kind of starts with them on the rocks. Yeah, that's true. I said I liked Coach Taylor's yellow tie at church. Oh, I do love when he puts on a little tie. Yeah. Oh, I I didn't write this down because I was disgusted with myself, but I'm going to say it anyways. (laughs) I am really attracted to Coach Taylor's like dad tennis shoes and socks situation. (laughs) I get that. He Like his calves. His like khaki shorts and like dad socks. Mm. I don't know. I I don't want to go back to my therapist, but (laughs) 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 I just love, he just has such 
like Dilf vibes. He does. He does. But yeah, he, he looks great all the time. That's why I always think the, you know, we all say Dennis Quaid was all of our like collective sexual awakening because of, I, can't, because of I literally tra- can't oh. even picture what Dennis Quaid looks like in my head. Okay, we got to cut this out because you didn't watch the new Parenthood or Parent Trap. I have watched the new Parent Trap a number of times. It's just that I don't like it. Guys, this is a big issue in me and Monica's friendship. Monica and I have a big difference of opinions on the old Parent Trap versus the new Parent Trap, which in your defense, Monica, I've never met anybody who watched the old one. (laughs) Yeah. But it is adorable. And again, I'm sure it's great. And I would love to watch it sometime. It is. But it's also kind of weird if, if you didn't grow up with it. Like now it might be too late for you to fall in love with it. <laughs> now you're, now you're, you're back. <laughs> but if you were to watch it now, you'd be like, you know, those like old movies yes. that are weird. It's yes. still cute. No, but I, I, I was just saying a lot of us, our first crush was Dennis Quaid and Parent Tribe. And it was weird because he was a dad like. and we were like five years old. And so we're like, why do we feel this way for a dad? I feel bad about it. And I feel like that's how that's the feelings coming up for Coach Taylor. Absolutely. Wait, I need to even though we're much older, we're it's still like, oh, this is a dad. But oh, he's he looks cute. Yeah, and you you could just kind of see him in it. Yeah, that's funny. I've never connected that actor with the name Dennis Quaid. Oh, I guess I just didn't watch his name many of his movies. Yeah, he's definitely a little hunk hunk hunkamunka, as my mother would say. I remember she said that once. You might have to cut this out. Or me. I guess I'm editing this one. Um, she, the first time I ever heard the phrase hunkamunka was coming out of my mother's mouth talking about uh, Mr. Mr. Son. <laughs> okay, wait. We should leave that in, but just bleep the name. <laughs> yeah, we should. Um, I remember we used to categorize when we were really little, someone was a hunk. Step up was hunkaroo and then hunkasaurus. <laughs> oh, no. Carly, I just made Carly laugh so hard that her headphones fell off her head. (laughs) (laughs) Really uh, tossed my head back. I feel like I'm I'm Michael at the Dundies. (laughs) I am killing it. (laughs) Monica basically just knocked me out of my chair. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Okay. All right. Moving on from that. I think that was all my... I think we got from that. I think that was all um, my fashion. We didn't have a lot of. I mean, Tammy had a cute little tank top when she went to book club, but it wasn't. It didn't stand out that much. I mean, she always stands out, but this is true. Yeah. All right, should we close the fashion report? Let's close it. Fashion. That one wasn't great. I don't know if it's gonna work. We'll 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 edit it. Um. Okay, it's time to monsplain some football. Let's hear it. So. Tammy has this quote, um, which I will get to in our like stray observations. I know what you're section. talking about, and I had questions. That's about really it. good. Yeah, but she says, you know, that boy didn't know the difference between mm-hmm. a skinny post and an out and up. Okay, I'm still kind of confused. Let me just read you these definitions, and then I also drew an out and up. I'm gonna have you screenshot a picture of me like showing it. <laughs> um, so, what is a skinny post? It is a variant of the post pattern in which the receiver cuts infield at a shallower angle. Um, and it is designed to find a hole in deep coverage, cutting shallow inside the deep sideline defender, but not far enough to draw the middle defender. So I think it's just like a really shallow cut. Mm-hmm. And it's designed to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of find space in in like the defender's coverage. I don't know if that helps. I think that makes sense. It, it, it's like throwing to the outside person, but having them cut inside 
And find like the hole. Yeah, but not close enough for the middle defender to like go block him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a skinny post. Also a skinny post is when Emma Watson Instagrams. <laughs> Wait, but one of my favorite. So Emma Watson came out with a story when she turned 30 that she. She's 30? Yeah. I thought she was closer to our age. I guess that makes sense. That she's not. I think so. We'll fact check that. But it was some kind of monumental age, I felt like. And it was an interview where she said, she said that she's like, she said she was dating herself kind of in an interesting way that, of course, Twitter went wild. And my favorite was there's a picture. There's just a picture of her like looking into a mirror, kind of concerned. And someone said, Emma Watson having a lover's quarrel. (laughs) Okay, that reminds me of, okay, God, another embarrassingly deep cut. (laughs) Great, great. That reminds me, I'm picturing... The way that you describe that, I'm picturing it exactly like the cover of the book that she writes in in Freaky Friday, um, scenes of uh, senescence, senescence and retrograde. And, retrograde. Yeah. and she's like looking at herself in the mirror, all scared. Wait, that's so true. I love that we reference Freaky Friday in both oh episodes. My gosh, yes. Who would have thunk? Honestly, I would have thunk. Freaky Friday is a big part of my life. Would you? It's it's fantastic. Ugh. Someone I'll, I also saw a tweet today that said the fake band of Freaky Friday did not have to go that hard. <laughs> like, oh, they were but awesome. thank God they did because boy thank did God. it bring me life. Yes. Oh, that movie. God, so oh, good. I like. So wanna, good. I'm like crying. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I think I'm really tired. The other thing that they, uh, Coach Taylor says to Matt, like hit him on the brakes. So I looked that up. Um, Many teams sit back in defense and wait for an opportunity to hit their opponents on the break. They see that the other team has, so they see that the other team has too many players committed to attack and with two or three quick players move from defense to attack with a few quick passes. Ooh. I don't know what that Football means, but really there it is. I know. I really, I read it a few times and I don't know. Um, but I drew, I couldn't find a definition of an up and out. No, an out and up. <laughs> Up and out and out and up. <laughs> up and out. Oh. Um, so, about I, that play. so I drew a picture. Let's see it. So basically, I don't know. You have you to hold it a little here. closer for it to come into focus. Okay, yeah. Right. But then I can't. Oh, let me do gallery. No, not that close. Just like an inch closer from where you were. No, no, no. Just to show you now and oh, then okay. you can take a picture of me later. Okay. <laughs> so oh. it lo- <laughs> this is my beautiful drawing. I love it. So that's like the quarterback yeah, yeah. and the guy that you know hikes it and the then these are the receivers and Wait, so did you the just ones call them seekers no <laughs> i wish i did the receivers um so the inner ones the inner ones go out and the outer ones go in Sneaky. i know so i think you just like have a lot of options oh, okay you want to like take it. a picture look I'll, I'll have my pen like <laughs> mom's blind nailed it that's cute right. <laughs> the only football play that i really remember is just the basic screen um which was from playing the nfl gamecube game with my brothers and i would just do the screen over and over and over again <laughs> you're like best choice best screen. choice screen yeah i don't know any plays i just know positions fairly well hmm. but we're gonna learn so much more now we know what an out and i up can't is. wait to learn i, I know. love to learn okay okay <clears throat> so that is me done that is me with. done <laughs> um, okay so that me done. that is me done me done with monspelling the end by so, Leslie Nope. <laughs> let's let's do some stray obsies yes. and 
get into that final scene. Let's, I think I have a few more clips to play. I do too. Let's, yeah, I've, I've got a, a bunch of stray ups. My stray observations are like also just like episode, full episode notes. Oh, wow. So maybe we should call it like. Yeah, like kind of the the breakdown. Yeah, like we do our sections and then we're like, okay, let's get into it. Okay, so we break down the episode. Yeah. And then the very end, it's like, is there anything else we didn't say? Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's get to the breakdown. The breakdown. Um, the first thing I wrote down was Tim seems unstable. Yes. <laughs> he is not okay. Somebody should check on him. Well, I guess Lila does. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, she does. Um, yeah, actually, can I get kind of dark for a yeah, second? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, so not to bring up your cancer again we won't bring it up every episode. oh i already had a question about it written down so we might bring it up at oh, least good 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 in a couple of episodes <laughs> in a few episodes i mean it's it's relevant oh wait my mic it's pretty parallel to the situation it's gonna be hard not to, to not i think reference. it's i think it's cool i think it's really interesting that we have a similar experience with my cancer in high school i know i do too so i wrote that tim watching the tackle over and over again was like when i would like get out of bed and google cancer life expectancy yeah, yeah. no i was you gonna know. i was gonna ask i had it a little bit later into the notes though if you want to get into it in a bit sure okay. yeah we can put a pen in that we'll put, a pe- put a pen in it um i also wrote that i just loved the like small town church scenes that felt really yes uh, yeah like i said i love buddy and coach t so much yes um Gina's drinking water. I, you guys are just going to hear the dog sometimes. Sorry. It's fine. We're, we're fine. <laughs> you'll, if you listen carefully, you'll hear her little nails pitter-patter across the floor. <laughs> you'll hear a slight lapping. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I also just put that... I just think it's interesting the way that they have Tim reacting and the way that they have Lila reacting. Because both of those yeah. people... Both of those reactions are super real. Um, mm-hmm. And Lila... I also just put that she's just like entitled as shit. She, just like asking the past, the doctor, the doctor in a white coat to help her hang right. a poster. Like he's literally saving lives. I know that pissed me off so much. And that felt like a little out of character. It did. Like her being overly optimistic and that felt really in character. Mm-hmm. And I also put, do you think Lila, I think Lila might be like an Enneagram one, mm. um, kind of a, perf- you know, perfectionist. Yep. And, and so I thought that was really realistic. Yeah. And Tim just being like consumed by his emotions. And yeah, seeing that uh, antithesize was interesting. Nice vocab. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I also just wrote, can you imagine being a nurse and having a little girl in a cheerleader outfit bark at you like that? <laughs> I would have been like, girl. And he's like, yeah, I'm on call. She's like, yeah, yeah, grab the corner. Yeah, seriously. I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, Lila. Right. Um, One of my favorite buddy moments is when they're at the restaurant eating and he goes stop grilling coach taylor let him eric finish his riblets oh yeah i I wrote that down too what the fuck are riblets uh i think they're like mini ribs ribs are already pretty small baby back i want my baby back which is just a smaller version of cupcakes which are already a miniature version of cake when will it seriously where does it end with you people (laughs) that is uh kevin from the office Yes, it's more like, where does it end with you? Yeah. No, that's not that. I, I no, think it would be hard for either of us to 
do the Kevin voice. Um, I also just wrote that, like, Lila is just, Lila reminds me a lot of, not any, I won't name anybody in particular, but, like, I definitely had people like that around me who are just, like, forcing, that's how they, they're not trying to hurt you, obviously, they're not trying to like change reality, but that's just how they process, like just focusing on positivity and that like, yeah. this isn't permanent. Like we're going to fix this. We're going to fix this. And versus like, this is what's happening and I am okay with it. Like those are two different right. things. Having somebody when you're sick or I mean like my situation was cancer, which is different from a lifelong spinal cord injury. And I just want to like recognize that I understand that those are two <laughs> different things <laughs> incredibly, but they are both like, lifelong trauma um and there are definitely people that just want to fix it and you're sort sometimes just left sitting there like i can you just sit next to me quietly and be sad because like i'm sad (laughs) yeah um i know i need i need someone just to meet me here and not not try to will the best situation mm -hmm. to happen because you just want to be realistic right and you can already tell that she's like grading on jason I also just wrote poor Matt. They're like so hard on him in practice. I, I just wrote, I would cry like 100%. I yes. would cry. I know. I would, I would like go in the bathroom and cry. <laughs> I would probably cry right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's kind of like when going back to, you know, being positive, this is a much smaller situation, but I'm just thinking about Parks and Rec when Anne's pregnant and Chris, who's Rob Lowe. And he's like, I got you this nipple cream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a nipple pimple ointment. <laughs> And she's like, please just shut up and tell me, just say that sucks. That's all you need to she say. She goes, stop saying the word no. <laughs> and he goes, okay, but- boob hats. <laughs> um, I made a note about how sweet Tammy is to Eric uh, before she leaves for book club when he's just like, I-, I feel like they don't say it outright. And none of the characters say it to coach Taylor, but it's really clear that he's struggling in this episode. And and I love that they kind of had him break a little bit at the end. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Um, I also wrote that I swear to God, Janice is at book club. (laughs) There was a woman in the background. I rewinded it multiple times. Okay. We know. And I still, I think you're not her. Okay. Well, she is in something. She didn't even have a line. Okay, she's in something though where she's like very normal and it's weird. We'll I've seen her in up. other stuff. We'll have to look it up. Uh, we're talking about Janice from Friends. Janice, not Janice. Um. <laughs> Your mother's chest. Although we love her too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but there was an extra, and like even when I paused it, she looks, I mean, like a clone. But I just there's no way that they have that actress as like a background with right, no right. lines for one second but there's a doppelganger out there um the other thing i have is just when tim again like barely even a single line but he has such a pivotal role in this episode but when he actually starts crying when he's just sitting alone mm-hmm. re-watching the tape and it's so clear that he is like really really blaming himself yeah oh i just so want to I just want to hug him. I know. Really hard. Just really. Just <laughs> never let him go. But I do love that he like actually breaks down and you like see him cry. I do too. Oh, okay. I wanted to ask you about, this was my question for you. So th- I cracked up at the scene when they're at the Alamo freeze or Applebee's or wherever they're and the girl's crying. She's like, 
Jason was here just last week. And Tyra's like, you don't even know him. I was wondering how relevant that felt to you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can I say extremely? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I just put, you know, everyone wants to be a part of grief. Yeah. It's this weird, you know, kind of oddly beautiful thing that's very unifying and you know everyone wants to be like oh I saw them and that you know when like a celebrity celebrity dies you have to figure out Mm -hmm. how you're connected with them which is great and it's I think it's a I think it's a beautiful knee-jerk reaction for just being a Mm -hmm. human you want to be a part of that but at the same time like yeah recognize recognize your role in grief yes yeah and not and don't like if she is genuinely upset about jason and doesn't know him like just go home and cry about it like we've all done that we've cried Mm -hmm. about people we don't even know but totally it's it's about not making like a spectacle of it because it's just really Mm -hmm. insensitive to the people that are actually going through it i think that also plays out a lot these days on whenever i say shit like this i sound so old (laughs) but like it plays out a lot on social media i feel like people especially with tragedies and stuff like this, you know, like everybody wants to have their like post about like how special that person is to them. Right. And, and it is important to like exercise your grief in in a way that is healthy for you. But I think that people don't, it's, and I, I obviously, I don't think that people like pre in a premeditated way or like, I want attention out of this, but it is, everybody kind of plays off of each other in scenarios like this and they do get worked up and it is, can be hurtful to the people who are like really, really suffering who are close to that person. Totally. And also to the person who is suffering and like, we'll see this more later as Jason um, like progresses and he interacts with more people. But so like a lot of people like, like that girl who's crying, who like didn't even know him. They also often feel the inclination to bring that to the person who's sick or injured. Did that happen to you or something? (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit. You know, like if you're feeling overwhelmed by the accident, you like feel like you need to go tell the person that you're overwhelmed by their accident. (laughs) (laughs) And and us who are laying in the hospital bed are like, you're overwhelmed. (laughs) Well, it puts us, me and Jason. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But it puts the person who is sick or injured into the position of comforter, which I do like want to talk about for a hot second just because I think that this is information that every human should know. (laughs) Unfortunately, Monica and I learned it very early about a lot about dealing with grief, but so, so much of these situations end up putting in, and this isn't something that anybody like really realizes, but putting pressure on the person who is sick or injured into the role of comforting everyone around them. And like, that's a huge burden because the, we're already like trying to not look sick or like trying to keep our spirits up or whatever. And it's all for the people around us. And then people walk into our hospital rooms and cry over on top of you. Right. <laughs> um, and it's just really interesting. I just love that they kind of teased at how grief affects a big group like this, especially high schoolers. They're like fully developed emotionally enough to like get hit hard by stuff like this but they're not developed enough to understand how to deal with it and what their role is in the grief process and I, th- I thought that was super true to life as you and I know <laughs> yeah I mean 
it's just kind of like, I mean, just to give people advice, like <laughs> I, I just have a memory of, and again, we're going to talk about our librarians who this one was very sweet. I forget her name, but I, oh, the other one, I just have nice. a memory of like being in the library with you. We weren't just like hanging out and like copying a paper or something. And she came no, up and was like, copied. how are you? You know, not co- not copy like co- like li- making copies or something in the library. Um, but she was just like Carly, like how are you? And you were just like, I'm fine. How are you? Like, like just assume that like the people that are cl- like your family, your close friends are asking you those questions. And then if you're a peripheral person, mm-hmm. just don't do that. Like just treat yep. them like a person because that's that's yes. the normalcy is actually what they need the most. Yes. Yeah. And I re- I remember specifically like right after I lost my hair. Um, and I was still like not being bald openly. I actually, I really didn't. I was 16. Forgive me. I was self-conscious as shit. <laughs> um, um, but can I just say that if anyone was supposed to not have hair, it was Carly because she has the perfectly round <laughs> face. And like, I, I, I genuinely say head. it looked, it actually looked good. <laughs> I'm I know, sure I that was horrible like, to go through, but y- you looked good. I thank you. Um, but I do remember being like, this could be worse. Um, yes. Like I've seen other people who, who, <laughs> who looked differently. <laughs> Have like a cone head or like, yeah. Yes. But also now when I, at, now that I'm older, I like wish that I had worn it more. Um, but I was 16. But yeah, so come I on. have to like forgive myself. I, I um, feel like you actually, you rocked it, like rocked the no wig look like a good amount. Like it wasn't uh, like you that was were- probably just when you were around though. I yeah I slept in it for like really the first few months at least wow yeah that makes sense so that it took me a while yeah um now I don't remember where I was going with that yeah, sorry. oh uh oh I remember I took my wig off for like the first time in front of like a group of of a couple of friends I, you may have been there maybe not Monica <laughs> um and a friend of mine like just kind of on accident was like oh my god you look like an alien like he didn't mean in a weird he didn't mean it in a mean way he just yeah. it was just like a knee-jerk reaction yeah and then his face beat red and oh, i was yeah. i just like was laughing i right. thought it was funny i knew he didn't mean i looked bad he just meant it looked i i was bald i looked like an alien right um and i remember he felt so bad and i just wanted him to stop apologizing and like just laugh because i was laughing <laughs> exactly well and um, to think about another moment our um one of Mallory's really good friends that I became friends with, uh, Megan Shaw, her mom passed away from Love cancer her. and we were in the grocery store and we were like, you know, you know, like typical Friday night, you're like, let's get cookies and bake them and like watch mm-hmm. a movie, which I mean, yeah, is still what I do. It's like what I do now. Um, <laughs> but we, we like, there was some particular cookie that was like really chocolate, had all this stuff going mm-hmm. on. And Mal was like, oh my gosh, that's like eating like death. And I was like, yeah, that's like eating cancer. Like, what? yeah, like, completely. <laughs> and, and then Megan, she goes, she kind of looked at us. She goes, what if I just start bawling right now? And we were like, and we were like <laughs> laughing, but uncomfortable, but like, we just moved on because yes, obviously she knows we didn't like mean to say that. Yes. And so you just have to, yeah, you got to just kind of roll with the punches on yeah. that stuff. But it's hard because it's people... Hard the the people around you also need comforting um and they they're they draw comfort from the fact that like you're doing okay and so I felt so pressured when you know like I remember specifically coming back or visiting campus or something uh when I was sick sometimes I would like come by and say hi and you know people would always do the like you said the how are you and I still still to this day from people that we grew up with when they greet me to Every other member of my family, hey, how are you? How are you? How are you? 
Carly, how are you? Uh, how are you feeling? God. Still, I'm like, I am 26. <laughs> it was 10 years um, ago. But yeah, I just every time they ask you that, I, I'm not going to be like, well, I don't know. I vomited three times on the way over here. Right. Um, you know, is that they want to be made to feel better. Yeah. So I have to say, I'm fine. I'm fine. Right. It's really exhausting and taxing. So. And I'm fine is already I'm, the biggest lie that um, the humans tell. <laughs> the humans. The humans. <laughs> I was trying to be so profound. I'm fine is the biggest lie that the humans tell. <laughs> We've read it in all the books. Right. Uh, um, but it's true. It's the biggest lie yeah, that people tell. And so you having to tell that even more because you have to quote unquote be fine for them to I'm like okay but like yeah like you said you're like they need to be but find your comfort somewhere else I mean come on yes yeah 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 watch Gilmore Girls but it it is it's a hard (laughs) lesson yeah just go watch Gilmore Girls like everybody else yeah (laughs) but it is a hard lesson to learn yeah and and I just think it's really cool to watch something like this play out on TV that we're really familiar with and, and they did such a good job of and they continue in the episodes after this to like really tease at how this affects everybody, everyone in the community. I mean, yeah. when you live in a small community like this, I mean, even that girl who was crying at the table who didn't even know him. Right. It probably, she probably is really affected. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, they, did, I did like that. They show those um, different aspects of people dealing with that very well. Right. Well, and we see Tim literally just responding aggressively to everything yeah it's like jason's not gonna walk fire a gun uh smash is sitting in jason's booth throw a bottle at the window yeah. that was pretty yeah that that worked out for you well again <laughs> men go to therapy please. please we're tired of taking care of you <laughs> <laughs> i know i loved um there was some kind of expert on on dax's podcast on armchair expert that i literally listened to twice and i i want to send to all one? of my guy friends she I'll I'll have to Esther Perel. No, I mean she's awesome. Um, oh, okay. But it was a it was just another like relationship psychologist mm-hmm. kind of person. But she said she goes I don't want guys to be more emotional. I just want them to be emotional and mm-hmm. and be able to deal with their emotions. So I don't have to deal yes. with it for them. <laughs> yes, <Like>, preach. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Not that women are the world's experts on that. No, no, but no, no. It is more available to us in society. Yeah, and it's actually, and what she says is like she feels bad for men because they, yeah. it's not cool for them to be emotional. So I, I totally get that too. We need to make it. Cool. I agree. Having two brothers, I definitely feel like I understand that. But that's one of the reasons that like football is super important um, for a lot of people. Like I never really understood a lot of my life I never really felt like I understood football (laughs) I was like what is the big deal um but I have talked to many people who are like and there's actually a sign on the wall in the Dylan Panther locker room that reminded me of this sentiment that was like football training for the rest of your life yeah um and it does like help boys like channel their aggression work on a team and like it's about uh, control themselves and focus on harnessing that aggression into a team (laughs) effort to achieve perfection oh that is remember the titans it's true, though. Oh, I had to remember the Titans something. Oh, uh, the assistant coach reminds me so much of the assistant coach on Remember the Titans team. The one who, like, makes the racist comment. That's so true. They're, like, I, like, need to look up if they're the same actor. <laughs> I don't think they are, but they have... They're both just, like, fat old white guys. Yeah, they're, like, fat old white guys. Um, <laughs> so I just wrote in big letters, Smash's mom. One of the okay. best, best... BC characters is introduced in this episode and it's glorious. We love Smash's mom. We love her. 
so much. I am obsessed with her. And I pulled the whole clip. Can I play? Yes, I did as well. <laughs> so this is when uh, Tyra and Smash are smashing. Yes, but I also pulled it from the moment they get out of the car because she says something hilarious to her daughter. <laughs> oh, I, I did the same thing. <laughs> okay, so this is uh, Mama Williams finding Tyra and Smash in a compromising situation. Yes. Down back there and get some bags out of that car. You know I'm not supposed to put stress on my back. Why me? So you're not around to get the back of my hand is why. Well, I ain't never had Brian, to do anything. down that chunk. Not music, it's the devil's work, is what it is. <laughs> uh oh. You lost your mind. You must be Mrs. Ryan. Yes, I am. White girls after getting in a fight in practice. You're coming with me. Move. Is to get back at Tim Riggins? What are you, a shrink? Oh, I'd be nice. I work at Planned Parenthood. You probably haven't seen the last of me. Hey, I know how to use protection. I'm not some piece of trash. Oh, no, you're a class act all the what way. What the hell is that supposed to mean? It means you're safe to walk from here. Oh, you just love We are just it. straight up beaming right now. We love her so much. <laughs> I am obsessed with her. Why do I have to do it? So you won't be here to get the backside of my hair. Oh, <laughs> I literally, I screenshotted the part where she does this come here finger to Tyra. <laughs> she like wags her finger for Tyra to get off the couch. She's like, get over here, girl. That's this great face. And I put it in our drive so we remember to post it with this episode <laughs> with the post. Perfect. It's just so good. I also just love watching her and Tyra go at it because they're like, I don't you know, know to, each to other. All the, I know. Well, they do because of yeah, the small, of small town. town. Um, if we but haven't also, mentioned that it's a small town in Texas. <laughs> Yeah, did you guys know? Yeah, it's small. It's small. Um, but also, like, we see Tyra interact with her fellow classmates, and she's, like, a menace. She's totally on top of every interaction that she has. But yeah. Mama Williams makes her look like a petulant child. It's true. It's so Ugh. true. She could put Girl, anybody in their Planned place. Parenthood, you ain't seen the, the last, last of me. me. Ugh. Ugh. She's so good. And such good writing. So, like, we... No spoilers, but, like, we see mama williams at her job at Planned her planned parenthood like throughout the show Ooh. and a number of uh storylines um but yes yeah, i just feel like it's rare usually when you're combing through early episodes in a show just for those of you who don't do this on the reg <laughs> um you find like tons of plot holes and errors and things that they had to tie up or cut out later in the story especially but like flawless, flawless. Lights. like the only thing i could pick out is that in Matt Saracen's house, the picture of his dad in the military is a different actor than when we meet his dad later. But like, that's impossible to plan ahead for. Exactly. Yeah. And so like, that's literally the only continuity flaw I could find so far. Yeah, they do a really good job. They do. But yeah, it's just such a perfect introduction. And we'll, we'll like she said, we'll see more of her. And you're going to love I every totally minute. I totally forgot that Smash and Tyra hook up like that. I know. I mean, not surprised. I totally forgotten about that. Uh, so you mentioned this earlier, but... Uh, Landry talking about how Matt needs to rebrand himself you know he's not Jason Street and it's just like you know I'm not I'm not the red hot chili peppers I'm not any better or any worse I'm just different (laughs) Matt's like you're definitely worse definitely worse (laughs) I love that but then it cuts straight to Matt being interviewed on the field by the press and so uncomfortable clearly is so uncomfortable that he just pulls from that conversation with Landry he's like you know I'm not the red hot chili peppers and, he, and I never will be. And he's like, then who are you? He's like, that's right. Who am I? Who, who am I? And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> it's so I awkward. Love that but it's so perfect. Much. 
Uh, and he looks so confused. He's just like, who, who am I? Because, I mean, what 16-year-old what knows how to be interviewed by the press, let alone I little know. Matt Saracen that never thought he was going to play? Well, sweet little baby angel. Uh, but, yeah, we, boy, do we love Landry. I'm not better or worse. He's talking about his Christian speed metal band. Yes. If y'all don't remember from the pilot. Right. And we're going to see some of that later on. Oh, and it's one of my so almost great. rivals, the Freaky Friday band. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing I wrote, which we already covered all this drama, but just when, when coach visits Jason in the hospital, I did love that. Mm. Um, I love their little line when he's like, did Riggin sign it? First of all, I love that he said that because we know that Jason is like, where has he been? We're starting to understand that he that Riggins has not visited him and that Jason is, you know, wondering. He's like, did Riggins sign that? Coach says yes. And Jason just goes, oh, wow. When did you teach him how to write? Yeah, I know. Because he's like, the, he's hurt, but he's just got to pivot it into a joke. Yeah. Yeah. And Coach is like, well, he just kind of scrawled. Right. <laughs> um, but I did think that was sweet. Although I really empathize with that as well. Like the look that Coach Taylor has on his face. As he's like, because it's hard for for you to walk into a room and see somebody you love and care about, like laying in a hospital bed. Right. There's no way that any human being could control that like scared, pitiful look on their face. But I did really emphasize, uh, what's the word? Empathize, empathize. Uh, with Jason because he kind of like has like a hard line in his mouth. You can tell his jaw's a little clenched and stuff. And um, yeah, well, and he, he's giving him that football, which is you know probably painful for Jason. Yeah. Well, to bring back a cute memory, I. I didn't have a problem. Obviously, I went to the hospital when you were diagnosed as soon as you were or as soon as I knew. But obviously, I mean, just going for the first time is really hard. But then I remember kind of in the summer, I was like, I'm up like here like all the time. Like Carly's probably like (laughs) sick of me, you know, whatever. And so I did the classic like when you're even just like in a friendship or like dating, you know, you know, you want to kind of kind of test the relationship a little bit. And so I remember I just like didn't go for a few days and like didn't tell you where I was and then you text me and you're like hey where you been I was like oh I was like oh. I was like oh, okay she's not annoyed with me I'll go back uh no I loved having people in my house I'm sure room. yeah uh we did lots of lots of movie watching which yes. I did also love seeing him and Lila on the bed watching yes. a movie on a laptop that was like I so was accurate like, oh, I know yeah I know that <laughs> um but I did also like totally cry when he when Jason looks at the coach taylor and he's like i'm sorry i let you down i know Oof, now I'm gonna cry. i know it's like, <laughs> like you, really emotional you did not um but also i just like understand the like the whole world is revolving around him right now everyone's freaking out for natural and right reasons but it just feels like there's all of this you know like my sister doesn't even like getting fajitas ordered to the table she doesn't <laughs> like people looking at you most of us don't like being like the center of attention center of everything and everyone's having to rearrange and change their lives coach taylor's job is like now on the line and jason's probably the only person who understands that as much as coach taylor does and i just i definitely broke down when he because i i empathize like obviously he coach doesn't blame him and jason knows coach doesn't blame him but you still just want to apologize still want to say it yeah you just you just want to recognize that you've like upset the boat <laughs> yeah I, I also love the how jason plays plants the seed for the final scene or not the final scene but this like the big moment because <gasps> yes. he's like you know he's different he listens to bob dylan and he's, he's more artsy matt. yeah he's talking about matt and how they're you know you know matt's really sensitive and he but he's like he's, he says he's really creative he's really creative and he's not like me where 
he needs it laid out. You know, you might need to give him a little confidence, a little space, and he mm-hmm. can he can meet the challenge. So I loved, I loved that. I did love that too. Um, and I also love that they follow that up with when Coach Taylor's at, in Matt's house and he sees the drawings and they like have a little sh- a little shot of that. Like ugh, that was something I didn't notice good. until um, another watch. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. I love that they they pulled that thread all the way which again to get um, any grammy i feel like jason might also be a one and matt might be a four which is mine In- oh individualist and uh what's up my wing what's up your wing and then i think jason is a one like lila just kind of a different one i agree yeah i agree um i thought as much as we ripped lila for her being bossy and stuff i do think she's uh she was really sweet in this episode she's still you know, taking care of Jason in every way and yeah. spending a bunch of time with him. But she was also really sweet to Tim. You know, she was like, hey, he's been missing you. Are you okay? Yeah. Um, which I thought was really sweet of her. Oh, which, by the way, I forgot in the fashion report to mention how cute her little practice uniform was. <laughs> that girl. <laughs> I love her. We're going to be like episode 25. I love how I loved Lila's high pony her, yeah. <laughs> i loved her um at home outfit and i loved her training outfit and i love we should just have a just, segment where we rate how hot lila is every episode and it's a 10 every time and it's a 10 every time so um let's not <laughs> so okay yeah. i even remember there's a i think in a few episodes she goes running and her running outfit is so cute always oh, i don't think she could look bad no she it's impossible. she like doesn't even wear makeup in the show yeah God. um but I also did really love the scene. So like when the doctor's telling him that he, so he is a paraplegic. Yes. Which is no use of legs, but like right now he can't really use his hands and arms. He's going to, so like maybe he is technically a quadriplegic. Yeah. I guess. But he's going to regain partial use of his hands and arms with physical therapy, I think is what the doctor said. Yeah, I think that's right. But I did really empathize too with that scene you know, the mom is just saying like, we're going to work through this. Like, and, and he's saying, so I'll never walk. And you know, his mom looks at him and she's like, we're going to, we're going to get there. Like, we're going to yeah. figure it out. We're yeah. going to figure it out. And Jason just looks at the doctor and like a fully self-possessed, like 17 year old kid. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I can handle it. Tell me what I need to know. Tell me straight. And that was very much like in my experience, m- my relationship and my parents with the doctor, you know, a lot of times my parents were asking for comfort and trying to ask for information that would comfort me. And then I would just like kind of cut through the bullshit and be like, doctor, can I talk to you privately? <laughs> right. So that you will tell me what's happening. And not that my parents were disengaged in any way, but like I often just wanted the cut and dry bottom line. My yeah. parents often wanted the padding or, th- or felt like I would, would have wanted it but i love that jason was just like tell me tell me what is gonna happen yeah i don't know if i've ever told you this but my mom also kind of shielded some information from me too Mm. i like i didn't know that like stage four cancer was so serious like i knew i like just cancer in general was serious but i didn't understand that like it's like the hurricanes it's like category four category five is the highest and so she you know i didn't really wasn't even thinking i remembered like just I was more afraid of like, you know, you missing high school and like going through chemo, right. like not anything beyond that. And then I was at a football game and one of our friends was like, yeah, I looked up and it's like, you know, it could be like a year or something. <laughs> like just kind of dropped that bomb. And I just mm-hmm. like started crying in the stands. Yeah, I was like, it hits you why would weird. you tell me that right now? But it, that information is tricky. And I'm sure that's really mm-hmm. tricky to navigate as a parent because your instinct is to protect. Age. Yeah. 
yeah. of kid. Like when they're in high school, they're old enough to know and old enough to want to know. Yep. But they're also young enough for a parent to like really want to shield them. I mean, I was yeah. shielded. Yeah. 100%. I would have to push like Jason did. Mm-hmm. I would have to like push for information a lot. But also there were things that I chose to be shielded on because I was like really concerned about my stress levels. I like wanted, I didn't feel like knowing my chances of survival was like, that's not going to change the next six months of my life really. Or all it's going to change is like my daily level of stress. So I didn't know what my chance of survival rate was until like five years ago or something when I looked it up. Oh, wow. That's good. I like made them not tell me. And it was a burden. There was like a couple of things I forced them not to tell me. Yeah. It was like a burden for the doctor. Sometimes I would have to leave the room or like stop them and be like, remember, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't know what my chances are. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, I knew, I knew it wasn't great. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it wasn't looking too good. (laughs) They were definitely very concerned. It's just so great. I love that this is giving us an excuse to talk about all this because, you know, when you live through it, you don't want to like go back and like we, we did it, you know, and of course we reference it, but it's usually in a very casual manner. So it's and like, we're usually laughing about it. Right. But we can talk about it through Friday lights. Apparently I know. Well, it's just, it's interesting. I like did not, um, even think about this connection until I literally started watching the pilot. Yeah. Um, but now, now I think it's kind of cool that we have this, this little thread. I know. Um, um, I uh, wrote I have also in all caps first Lorraine and coach T interaction, which is a oh. really sweet dynamic. Oh my God. <laughs> which is uh, Lorraine is um, so much. Matt Harrison's grandma. Oh wait, I did have, hold on. Can we rewind for a second and then get sure. there? I just had one more note on the hospital stuff. There's so like right after Jason finds out his situation, um, and then the coach is at dinner with Tammy and like he gets the phone call mm-hmm. and he's like, it's the hospital calling about Jason. I'm sorry. In no real world ever would a doctor or a hospital staff member call the coach of the football team to give him an update. Yeah. On like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I, I did crack up at that. I was like, the hospital is not calling. It's not calling you directly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so Sarah and Matt gets back from work and we see coach come to his house and meet his grandma. Yes. And I have, as I had Smash's mom in all caps, I have uh, Matt's grandma and coach T first interaction in all caps, because this is a very sweet dynamic Love. that we revisit. Also, I wrote that um, Matt's grandma is all of us, probably, if we were to be around coach Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> I would be just as much in a, in a dither. Right. I'd be like, can I get you a cake? And I, she's I, like, I have hot chocolate, anything milk. you can want. I also just love that when she hands him the, the cake, instead of just being like, here, have some cake. She's like, I hope you'll enjoy it. I know. And then he's in the, the um, shot of him eating it in the car. Yes. So he's sweet. Like, just the whole thing yes. Well, and this was actually, I think oh. this was before the scene. If we're kind of trying to go chronological, um, you know, Tammy says you're going to mold that boy when she says he, you know, he mm-hmm. molded that oh, other guy. It. Oh, great. Let's listen to him. I meant to play this during Tammy time, but. Um, this is just such a sweet moment of coach and Tammy (laughs) still can't call him Eric (laughs) of Eric and Tammy just having this amazing moment where like coach Taylor's finally, you know, recognized that his, you know, neck is on the chopping block too. And and he's just kind of having a meltdown and we get to see Tammy coming in as just like a stronghold for him. I'm like crying again. (laughs) 
it's gonna Play happen. Yeah. There is not a person in the world that could do this except for you. This is what you do. I've seen you do it with my own eyes. I believe in you. I believe in you with every cell of my being. Oh, so good. I love her. Because that is what Coach Taylor does. Like, obviously, he's a great coach. He's, Mm -hmm. but he is, he is a molder of men. That's what he is. Mm -hmm. And that is is the role that he thrives in because he just sees people so clearly. I mean, he sees them with clear eyes and full hearts. Um, Yes, he does. But he doesn't, he's not, you know, overly, I don't know. He gets to the emotion of these boys in the way that they need it because he meets them where they are. Exactly. And he meets a teenage boy that doesn't know that he's dealing, like, Mm-hmm. how to express he what he's dealing it. with he just gets it yeah i know yeah he just like knows what they're wrestling with and he knows how to communicate with them and that's his his skill but like he also gets help along the way like jason's the one who told him you know this kid needs a little confidence yeah um, and i just love once they um or well let's let's finish talking about his grandma before we get to them on the field yeah but i just loved when she was like there was an awkward silence and then she just goes didn't he do so great oh, last friday no. She's like, I was so proud of him. She's so proud. And then she always oh says, gosh. this is another thing that she repeats a lot. You got to move those feet. Yes. <laughs> That's always her big um, piece of advice. I also just like my heart melted. So like coach is like, okay, let's go. And he goes out to the car and then she's just having words with Matt real quick. And uh, she goes, now you listen to him. And then, and then when they leave, he goes, love you. She goes, love you too. And like, I mean, I'm just realizing this now. I'm going to cry. It's like, <laughs> you know, obviously she just loves him because he, he's coach. But like, that's his father figure, you know? I know. And she knows it. I know. And she's like so obsessed with coach. It's adorable. <laughs> I know. Because like right after he leaves, they leave and the door closes. She's sitting in her chair and she just goes, ah. Oh. She, goes, she like, like kind of laughs. She, she goes, goes like, <laughs> oh. Coach Taylor. <laughs> I love it. In my house. In my house. She's amazing. So the final scene is that like Devil Town montage that we talked about where, you know, everyone's getting ready for the game. And there is that awesome moment at the very end when he's like, you know, were your eyes closed, son? When you threw that amazing pass, he's like, my eyes were wide open. My eyes were wide open, which was great. Um, but <laughs> Lots of creed in this app. <laughs> this is the... <laughs> Lots of creed. No, not creed, Brandon. But this is the key scene. <laughs> Another musician. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. <laughs> wow. Grassroots. Uh, but this is really the main, uh, you know, pivotal scene. So we'll take mm-hmm. a listen. Your dad in Iraq, that must be hard. It's not so bad, sir. I'll tell you what, my dad, he was anything but in Iraq. My dad, my dad was on me day in, day out. Still thinks I should have made the NFL. As much as I complain about him, I don't know where I'd be without him. You know, you, I don't know how you do it. You got your time commitments, you got your pressures, you got your studies. All that and being the man of the house too. Yes, sir. I'll tell you something. 
I know you didn't want me to step foot in your house tonight. But I'll tell you something else, and don't you ever forget this. You should feel proud. You should feel real proud. This is all yours for the taking. Depends on how much you want it. It's yours for the taking. And the other night you played for a few minutes, tomorrow, four quarters. You can't be distracted by anything. And you're gonna have a lot of distractions. You're gonna have our fans, their fans. You got the band, you got the cheerleaders with their pretty young, shapely legs bouncing up and down. That kind of creeped me out. <laughs> yeah, me too. You got a job to do. Nothing else. Your teammates are gonna need to hear you. You call the plays. You gonna be able to call the plays? Yes, sir. 22 rocket on hit. 22. 20, 22 rock. I can't hear you. 22. I can't 22. hear you. 22. 22 Listen rock. Listen to me, you're QB1 of the Dillon Panthers. Your teammates, if they can hear you, they will believe in you. Now you let it out until it hurts. You understand me? 22. 22 rocket. Hit it, hit. 44 crossfire on red. 44! 44 crossfire! Red, red, red! What's your name? Matt Saracen! What you play? QE1! And how do you play it? Perfectly! We'll see about that! Who do you play for, Saracen? Dylan How much do you want this? I want how it, much coach. do you want this? I want it! Then take it! And I'm crying. <laughs> Full body jewels. Ugh. I mean, everything that's about it is perfect, even up to the like awkward space between Matt and mm-hmm. Saracen. Like he's just trying to I believe know. it himself. Ugh. He is amazing. He's amazing. His acting. Yeah. He does such I just I mean, I believe that. I bet he's like this in real life, but I also just think that because he's his acting is so incredible. But oh, I just love like you literally hear him gain confidence, and mm-hmm. I love that Coach Taylor is like, I know you didn't want me to come in your house tonight. I know you were embarrassed, and yeah. he just he does exactly what Jason told him to. He was like, T- give him confidence, tell him like he has something to be proud about. He's a man of his house. Um, he should be proud of that. He's he's QB one, and yeah. oh, and you just hear him build up to that confidence and now it, that's a, a dialogue exchange that i've now accidentally memorized because i was pulling the clip and i kept messing it up so i did i had to do it like 10 times <laughs> which by the way we can we can cut that down um i played the whole thing but that's fine i i like we can keep it long though i like yeah the whole thing um but it's just i just love i love that they when they turn on the sound in of the band and everything and the assistant coach is just up in the box like hi hi." it's it time Uh, for me to press the button mm -hmm. but i just love you know we see we start to see coach taylor molding matt and adopting him and we start to see more matt 
who I love. I know. So and I actually think he, Zach Guilford is a lot more confident. And so I think he does a really good job because I don't think he's, mm. I mean, I, I think he is probably more reserved, but he's definitely not like, that's Matt, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's impressive because I've, I've seen him in a couple other things and he's different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just love watching him start to adopt this role and just like the whole design of that shot of them empty in the stadium. He's like, this is yours. This is, you know, like he has to want it. He can't be scared of it. Yeah. Um, I just love it. I know. Um, and even, we don't get a football game in this episode. I know. And, but and even the response of like, just, I want it. Not how much do you want it? Mm-hmm. I want it so much. He just, he still has to convince has, himself I that he want wants it. it. Cause he didn't mm-hmm. really ask for this. Like, not at all. In he, fact, he was like really was enjoying his little spot, his little spot. in uh, quiet backup QB. Yes. No, but um, there is no football. And I think it's really brilliant how they ended the second episode because you're like, okay, well, I, I have too. to keep watching, you know. Yeah, I just wrote cliffhanger works. Yes. <laughs> and I know spoilers, but I love this next episode and I can't wait yeah. to discuss. Well, and they, I think it was such good writing because they, the pilot is like so stacked. Yeah. And then they just have this sort of like quiet, it's not a filler episode. It's still like really meaty. Yeah. But they're like just starting to tease at some of these, the other characters storylines. They're starting to pull at these um, strings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we don't, you know, like we don't get to see yet how Matt performs. Um, and I, I love the getting ready for the game shot. So like the cheerleaders are getting ready and the football guys are getting ready. And I loved yeah. again, the split screens at the end. Or not, excuse me, not a real split screen, but they're toggling back and forth between the two groups getting ready. And then I I pulled a clip too from the very end when they all, you know, clear eyes, full hearts, they leave the locker room to go to the field and and Matt is just hanging back and Devil Town is playing. um, And you can just tell that he's he's waiting because he's still, he's not Jason Street. Again, he like needs coach to be like, come on. Yeah, let's go. Right. I know. And then, and he, the pilot, and then you see him have that confidence where he's like, my eyes are wide open. My eyes are wide open. He's got that little smile. Let me ask you one question. Last Friday night when you threw that pass, that, that winning pass. Did you close your eyes? No, sir. My eyes were open, sir. My eyes were wide open. That's what I thought. Let's go play football. Yeah. And the drum line just starting to build. Everyone knows that um, <laughs> sound. Wrote, Oops. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> That's your drum line. <laughs> I wrote drum line. Yas. In really yes. I know. Because I, I I think I forgot to mention this in, in the last episode that another thing I loved was walking to school in the morning on a fall day yes. and hearing the drum line warming up and practicing for Friday night. Is so I exciting. thought the same thing. I had like a lot of uh, love, a lot more love for the drum line than I thought when I hear it in Friday Night Lights it's like super nostalgic yeah well it was sweet those guys a congrats a little shout out it was sweet at our school because we weren't big enough to have a big marching band and the drum line was kind of a newer thing I feel like it was you know Mm -hmm. not super around but they were great and they added so so much I know I remember them yeah but yeah I just love I thought that that cliffhanger really worked um you know like we get the lead up to the game we get Matt's progress and development and we see the kickoff and and then that's it just dark screen yeah can't wait to get to the next i know i don't think i have any more stray obsies i think i got them all out in the breakdown i believe i did as well let me double check i guess the only thing 
we didn't touch on specifically was just Tim walking out after um, Coach Taylor tells him that Jason's not going to walk again and Tim kind of storms out. So we leave and, you know, and Tim and Smash got into a fight at practice. So like there's tension there that doesn't get resolved in this episode that I'm kind of excited to follow along and see, you know, where, where Tim goes in this next bit. I think that's also another cliffhanger. They yeah, did it, a good job of just kind of leaving things out to dry for a minute. Yeah. Maybe we should have another section called Tim's Tench. <laughs> Tim's, Tim's Troubles. Tim's Troubles. <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of them. Yeah. Okay. So shall we rate the up? Let's write the app. Okay. okay, you go first. Right, I'll go first this time. Okay, I'm going to give this one. This is a really solid episode. Like you said, I think it it's not a filler episode, but it does a really good job of kind of diving more into the characters that we're introduced to in the pilot and really setting up uh, the next episode and the rest of the season really, really well. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm going to give it an 8.5. Nice. 8.5 out of 10 riblets. <laughs> nice (laughs) um i agree i like i uh, i almost want to give it an even higher score just because i like have respect for episodes that don't have the big drama in them i know and that do such a good job of like subtly pulling at threads like this episode does but like leaving leaving us on a cliff but not in a not in a like ditch way. Yeah. Not in a ditch, but just like on a nice grassy cliff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, and I just loved seeing all the characters and seeing more of the like townies. Um, townies. That's another Gilmore guys. Love it. Um, but I do think there were like, I'm trying to think of the flaws that I had thought of. Oh, we'll, we didn't really talk about this a ton in, in the episode, but the, the only flaws that I sometimes see in the writing is when they refer to the backstory of like where the Taylors have been for the lot for like their it's lives. Very confusing. They don't do a super great job of it. No. Um, and they reference it a couple times. Like they talk about his dad, which they like never really dig into. Yeah. Again. And then like Tammy talks about the other towns that they've lived in, which they definitely like start getting confused about in the later episodes. Yeah. Um, so I think I will give it an eight out of ten. Perfect. Matt's little hats. Matt's little hats. <laughs> Matt's little hats. I love them. Love it. Um, but yeah, overall, great episode. Love the cliffhanger. I love seeing Tim's turmoil. Um, oh, Tim's turmoil is good too. Tim's turmoil. Tim's tension-filled this troubles and turmoils on deary marbles. But yeah, I, I loved all that. And then obviously Smash's mom alone is like five points. Oh so. my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, great episode. Great episode. We'll see y'all next next Friday. Next Friday for Wind Sprints. And we're going to be... Oh my gosh. I know. Oh, I know. I'm excited. There's a lot that happens next week. <sighs> All right, we can't wait to talk to you guys about it. Yes. But for now, clear eyes, full hearts, candles. All my friends were vampires. Didn't know they
town.